Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We spent some time yesterday looking at Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, and some versions talk without complaining or arguing. And I want to go back, you know, we'll talk about that a little more and how easy it is to complain. The verses following that, he talks about that we need to do that in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, a generation, some virgins say, so that we might shine as lights in the world in which we live. And we spent some time yesterday, maybe we'll bring some people up to speed here a little bit because in case they weren't listening yesterday, how easy it is in the workplace to complain, how easy it is at home to complain. You know, used to be the wife did almost all the cooking. Today she probably predominantly do, but, you know, sometimes it's the man. And so... You spend all day cooking or you spend some time cooking and then people are like, oh, man, I didn't really like that or whatever, you know. It, it doesn't make you feel better about the whole thing when people complain about what you did. And so people complain at home. They get home. They start complaining about their kids leaving their toys out or they start complaining about this or that that's happened in the house or they start complaining about what happened at work. And it just brings everybody down. Same thing happens with arguing but he says that we're not, we're to not do either one of those things so that we might shine like a star in the world in which we live in this crooked and depraved generation. But I want to go back a little bit and look at verse 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. We can spend some time talking. God wants us to do his will. He works in us. And this goes back to an issue that we've talked over and over and over about, that we're no longer to be conformed to this world. We're no longer to live according to our sinful nature. We're to live according to the Spirit. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And this is exactly what he's talking about here in these verses, that we're be transformed, that God is working in us to do his will and and to do his good pleasure, that God is actually working inside of us. And that as we don't complain and we don't argue, that's what he's talking about. Those are the things that he wants us to do so that we can do his will and to do his good pleasure, that we might be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, 
in this crooked and depraved generation. The world system is to complain. The world system is to argue. The world system is to divide. You're going to divide people. You know, we talked a couple days ago about what's happening in Ferguson. That's the world's way to want to divide people. Divide the police. Divide a section of the society. Divide blacks. Divide whites. Divide business owners from those that aren't. I saw a picture not too long. There was three guys standing in front of their store. They're armed to the teeth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not our store, too. Kind of. That's what the world wants to divide people up. The devil wants to divide people up. God wants us to shine. He wants us to not argue. He wants us to not complain so that we can stand out like a star in a crooked and depraved generation, crooked and depraved nation. And we talked a couple of days ago about the fact that anybody who thinks that he was just writing to a group 2,000 years ago and somehow we got our act together now and we're we're no longer crooked and depraved, we're no longer a perverse nation. We're no longer a perverse people. That somehow we got better and now all that stuff's in the past isn't paying any attention. Because you don't have to look very far around the world in which we live to see that we're still a crooked and depraved generation. We're still a crooked and depraved nation. And that for all his ideas that that man and, and um, Darwin see was basically that man would get better. As time went on, we would get better. And anybody that looks back and says that we've gotten somehow better, we have inventions that we never had before, but we still have the same old hate. We still have the same old anger. We still have the same old distrust. The The human nature has not changed. That's still the world well, that's system. Well, those people are still being born every day, and, and they need to get born. At some point in their life, they need to be born, born again. again. So... Obviously, uh, our work isn't over. Right. (laughs) We got our work cut out for us. That's why we got to continue to go. Sin doesn't go out of style. No, yeah, it doesn't go out of style. Sin's over now. Man's better now. Sin's all wiped out. Well, it won't happen until Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom. But in the meantime, in between time, he gave us an assignment to go and disciple nations, go evangelize nations. And again, I, I was just looking at this scripture a little closely. And God had a meeting, with, a meeting with me about this, about do all things without complaining and disputing. Back to uh, Philippians 2, 14. And he says, you know why I don't want you to complain and dispute? Because it diminishes the image. Remember, the scriptures previous to that, 13, he said, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Well, God is royalty. He's a king. You don't see kings arguing with He's the with king people. of kings. Right. He's the king of kings. So, And we're the kings he's the king of. Kings don't argue or murmur and complain. He says, because when you do that constantly, it diminishes the image that I'm trying to build up in you. So if you're constantly complaining, now you don't have an image of, of royalty. You basically, if you're complaining, you got an image of victim. Yeah, they did that to me. It's always somebody else's fault. So, and he said that with with negative thoughts too. It's going to diminish the image. Remember, we just read it over in Corinthians. We are being conformed into his image, to his glory. That's what God's is, that's what he's transforming us into his image. So, if he told you don't do this, because if you continue to do this, you're, 
That's not me. You don't look like me. Right. Complaining and arguing doesn't look like God. Yeah, yeah. You don't look like me. He's so, not in heaven complaining and arguing. Yeah, so I don't want you to do that. And I was just thinking, too, as you were speaking, thinking about this scripture, Solomon, in his, in his best days, he gave God the credit for giving him wisdom. And Solomon would judge the cases of his people. They would come to him, and Solomon, blah, 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 he asked everybody what, what the problem was. They tell him, and from God's wisdom, he'll have a solution. And I was just reminded, because I just watched Solomon's story on TBN a couple weeks ago, where the two women came in about the baby situation. You know, one of them had died, and they was arguing, saying, no, this is my baby, her baby died. And Solomon said, okay, God gave him the wisdom <laughs> to uh, judge that case. He said, okay, we'll just split the baby in half. And he knew that the real mother would say, no, just go ahead and let her have it. So... Solomon was a king, though. But look how he didn't, he never lost his temper. He never argued in his best days <laughs> before he fell. <laughs> but, or he got 700 watts. Right, 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 right. But uh, that's the way God's saying, I want you guys to shine as lights in a crooked and perverse generation. I want you guys to use my wisdom to, to do life. And if you guys, Jesus said this, and Jesus is the king of kings, Lord of lords. He said, if you believe on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do. And I say greater because it's going to be more of us. We can do greater. We're spread it out. Jesus was just in that geographic region that he was. But now, remember, it's 2,000 years later. Wow. We, the church we, is all over the world. There you go. So greater works. We should be doing greater work. Remember, the whole earth is waiting on us. We talking about waiting on God? No. He said, I already got some people planted there. Remember? In the scripture, he says, he plants the righteous among the wicked. And what is the righteous supposed to do while they're planted among the wicked? Shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Yeah. That's what he said. Let your light so good shine. Well, well, he's planted us. And he says, the righteous shall flourish. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. He said in Psalms 82, we're like palm trees. Well, palm trees, they're flexible. They can bend. They can, they can stay in a storm and bend. And, and the storm's over there, straighten back out. Well, that's how we are. That's who God says we are. And I like to make this declaration that I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I can do what God says I can do. And, and, and God wants us to believe that. That's why he said, I don't want you complaining and disputing constantly. You, you have access to my wisdom. Remember, we can come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need. Well, let, in, let, in the verse 13 say, for it is God that works in you, both right. will. See, right. we can do this stuff. We cannot complain and we cannot argue because God's at work in us. Right, right. And he says in the Corinthians, Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's just four things he mentioned he's made unto us. So we can have access to God's wisdom. So being that we have access to God's wisdom, we don't got to complain. We don't have to dispute. We know we always bring up the old children of Israel in the wilderness. How they complained. And God was not happy with that bunch. Again, that's an example for us. So now in the New Testament, he goes to tell us again, do, do all things. Whatever you do, do it without complaining and disputing. And remember, you can't say I can't do that. Because you just declared last Sunday you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Well, except that. Yeah, except that. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. He didn't say that. You can do all things. So, again, 
And God, here's what I found out about God. Do not God. worry unless things go bad. <laughs> this is what I found about God, Richard. God won't command you or tell you to do something you can't do. He'll, he'll never put he more gives on you. Provision. Right. He'll never put more on you than you can take. So if he told you in his word to do this or put off that, you can do it. You just got to have that eye. The scripture says in Romans 8, 11, because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. Remember, it's him that wills and works in you to do his good pleasure. So you can do it. You just got to do what Jesus said. Repent and believe the gospel. That's the good news. You can do it. So you just got to say, yes, Lord, here I am. I, I can do it because you said I can do it. Again, God will never tell you something to us to do something in the natural and the parents out there, you'll never tell your two-year-old to go and cook dinner. Put the steaks in the fridge, son. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't Start tell that him. barbecue. Yeah, you wouldn't go tell him, go grocery shopping. Here's the credit card, son. <laughs> two-year-old. Go. You ain't going to do it. Because you know he couldn't do it. But you'll tell the teenager. You start giving the teenager some responsibility. Don't give them the charge card. You know, They'll never you, be back. You give them the exact amount. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, give them, you start giving them responsibilities that are mature. And I'm reminded what the scripture says. I believe it's in Hebrews. You say, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Yet you need someone to teach you again the first articles of the principles of God. And you come to need milk and not solid food. But he's basically saying you should, at this time in your spiritual life, you should be knowing, you should have stopped complaining by now. Because you've been hallelujah now for 20 years. You've been going to church. You fall out every Sunday. You're speaking in tongues. You should be mature now to, to not complain. How are you speaking in tongues in service? You get out and complaining. And you know, some well, that, people. If he hadn't gone so long with the service, we could have got to the restaurant before right, the right, crowd. Right, right, right. Some people just complain from sunup to sundown. They argue from the time they get up to. They go on the way to church to argue. They ain't happy till they had a good. Let me get a good argument in just before we get to this building. Y'all know who I'm talking about. You argue with your spouse from sunup to sundown on the way to the service. Arguing. I didn't done it before, Richard. <laughs> ain't no sister be lying. <laughs> When I was a baby, oh, you Christian. Know what? I preached on this not too long ago, this, <laughs> this, this verse. And I said, in the interest of full disclosure, I will say that I'm not going to claim that I never complain. Right. On the way to service with well, your wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't go together, so I don't have to worry. Okay, I, okay. You, I, got the, you, you fixed that. See, I get there a little earlier, and she picks up a couple of people. Okay. So, yeah, we don't go together. So, we, yeah, we don't argue on the way to church. But... And so, and this goes back to something that we've told people before. When we talk about verses like this, we're not trying to beat anybody up. We're not trying to make people feel bad. We're not trying to make people feel like, oh man, we could never be so good that we would never argue or complain. I will freely admit that I am not got the no complaining or arguing down pat. Right. But... I know that's what God says and that God wants to work with me so that I don't do it nearly as much as I used to, so that I don't argue as much as I used to. And so this is what I want to tell people that are hearing this. We're not trying to beat you up. We're not trying to make you feel bad. We're not trying to make you feel like, oh, wow, I can never do it. This is a case where you want to look in yourself and ask God to, to bury your soul basically to you. Where am I arguing a lot? Where am I complaining? 
Who am I complaining to? Who am I bringing down? Who am I not lifting up as I should? Am I always coming home and complaining to my wife or to my husband and it's, it's just bringing them down too? Who is it that I'm affecting? And how can I now live like you want me to? How can I now live that life where I don't argue and I don't complain all the time? This is what we're talking about here. Is This is a way for God to work in us, to, for God to speak to us about where it is in our life we need to change. You know, you read a verse like this and, and you hear people, it's like, Amen. And you know they're thinking about, I sure hope sister so-and-so is listening to this so she'll quit. No, this isn't for sister so-and-so. This is for you. This is for you to look inside your own life and see where you need to make changes. I'll preach on something and, and I'm thinking this ought to be hitting people right to the quick and they're yelling amen and I'm like, no, you must be thinking this is for somebody else if you're amen in that that hard mm-hmm. because if you think this is about you, you're gonna probably gonna be a little bit more quiet about right, right. That, you know? And it's just like Jesus said in, in John. He said he didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but he came to save it. And again, we're ministry leaders. We're part of the fivefold ministry, and uh, we're co-laborers with Christ. And again, we're here to help ignite your faith on fire, to help save your soul. The Bible says over in uh, James. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. That, that's our desire is to build up, the, do our part, right, what we're, we're called to down. do, to build up the body of Christ. We're here, we're building the people that build the church. Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. And he gave a five-fold ministry to, to, to equip the saints. And that's what this broadcast is all about, is to equip the saints for, to fulfill their highest calling and change this world, be world changers. Be lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in whom we shine as lights in the world. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And we have to remind ourselves constantly. Like you say, we have to remind our own selves. Remember, God got on me the other day about complaining to the guy that complains all the time. (laughs) And the next day I told him I apologize for coming down on (laughs) for complaining so much. But because... Again, we sometimes forget to examine ourselves. The Bible says examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And again, we like to always think our crap don't stink. And everybody, you know, everybody have issues or areas we need to work on. Everybody does. Nobody's, we're perfect in Christ Jesus, but we're a work in progress. We're being Well, and this is what he says, what is that in verse 12, where he says, work out your salvation. Right, right, right. Trembling. That's what we're doing. We're, we're in working. process. We're He's not talking about their work so that you'll get saved. Yeah. Now that you're saved, no, no, there's no. a process that right. takes place. Work on your salvation. Work out your salvation. Right. Your own. That's right. what he not said. Not somebody else's. <laughs> right. Because we were working on everybody else's salvation. Beam, pull that beam out of the right, other right, Pull yeah. that speck out of the other I'm going to work on Richard's salvation. Well, I got my beam in my own eye. See, we're notorious for wanting to do that. Work out somebody else's yeah. salvation. Because yeah, you can sure see every. Isn't it amazing how many how you can easily see other people's faults? How easy yours. that is. But our own, we're, we're kind of blinded to our own. But, man, you spend 30 seconds with somebody else, and you can pick out all their faults mm-hmm. and, and what they need to change. And I, I always say this. You know, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our 
perception is reality. Right, right, right. How so, you perceive the world is how the world is. Right. But now once we become saved, born again, ambassadors for Christ, ministers of reconciliation, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and start seeing things as God sees them. And again, we got to be careful and not allow the God of this world to continue to blind our minds. We got to have spiritual insight. There's something called insight. There's hindsight and there's foresight. So hindsight is, man, I, I should have that. Insight is, oh, man, I got some revelation. And I'm going to use it for the future, the foresight. Now I know next time, like the complaining about the guy that complained, I, I've learned because I was corrected. Remember, Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for correction. Well, see, and this is the way it is with mistakes or sin. You know, you make a mistake in life. Everybody makes mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. You rectify it as well as you can, then you don't do it again. Right. I mean, does don't right. make, don't just keep making the same mistake over and over. Same way with sin. Once you realize it's sin, you rectify it as much as you can if you need to, and then you don't do it. Don't keep doing it. And, I, and- I know people that that they're always angry, and yet somehow they just keep doing it over and over. And this if you is just ask, how I, they say, this is how I am. I, I was going to say, if you ask about it, well, my dad always had a temper, and I guess I got it, and it's just the way I am. And I go ahead and tell them, well, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are past, all things have become new. You need to learn how to crucify your flesh, renew your mind. That's not you anymore. You, you're in a new family. You're in the household of God now, and in his household, nobody's mad and angry. I mean, when you're, when you're little, you might put your hand on a hot stove. But you know what you're going to learn? You're Hot. not going to do that anymore. Hot. But you know what? If, if you knew somebody and they kept putting their hand on the hot stove, you would say, there's something wrong here. We, well, we know they call that, we call that insanity. <laughs> a change needs to be made. Yet we keep putting our hand on a hot stove in a spiritual sense over and over and over, and we don't make changes. And we wonder, why is it that my life's not any different? Why is it that... These things keep happening to me. You know, if you if you put your hand on that hot stove and you got a, a burn mark, the next time you put your hand on the hot stove, would you say, why did this happen to me? You'd say, oh, it's because I put my hand on the hot stove. Yet you see people in a spiritual sense put their hand on a hot stove over and over, and then they ask, why does this keep happening to me? Well, again, I know somebody like that now. They, that's what their uh, question is. Why does this keep happening to me? And I'm like, just go back and examine yourself. You keep go, doing go the back, same thing over. Go, yeah, go back 20 years and find out what's the common denominator. <laughs> and you'll find out why you are where you are. It's really simple. You keep doing the same back, stuff. The scripture says examine yourself. Go ahead and just examine yourself. And we all have to do that. Back to work out your own salvation. That includes examining yourself. And if you keep getting some same negative results or unfavorable results, go back and just Check up on what you've been, the seeds you've been sowing, basically. Because remember, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Go look and see what type of seeds those you were planting. And if they weren't good seeds, uproot them. Jesus said this, every plant that my father hasn't planted shall be uprooted. Now, I tell people with that uprooting, you got to be open to deliverance. You got to let, oh, you got to be open to getting your garden cleaned out before the new seeds get planted in. Now, getting that garden cleaned out is going to be a little painful. Don't get offended. It's like surgery. They got to cut you open, but you got to lay there until they sew you up. <laughs> Don't get up off the operating table while you're still open. Guts all hanging out. 
No, let us pass you up. And that's what God, Jesus is a repairer. He's a healer. He's in the house. So let him go ahead and heal you. It's a process. What I was talking about with the United States of America. We need to get the truth because that's what's going to set us free. And then there's going to have to be a time for healing. And we haven't done that in this nation. We haven't done it since, shoot, we haven't done it. Well, see, Ever. And, and a lot of people think that, <laughs> move that the only thing that you can talk about is black and white. But we've done this. And I was just thinking was a, that. We did time, it to everybody. There was a time when the the Asians. Italians weren't welcome. There's right. a time when Germans weren't welcome. There's a time when the Irish weren't welcome. There's a time when the Italians weren't welcome. There's a time when all groups weren't. Right now, it happens to tends to be the Mexicans right. th that they're not welcome. But... In the town we live in, in the late 1800s, there was some bad history here with Chinese people. Right. I mean, there were some hangings, lynchings of Chinese in, in Chico. And so our history with the Chinese wasn't always that good. And so it's not just black and white or, or white and black. It's, we've had this white on white, Asians on, on Mexicans, Mexicans on blacks. Whites on blacks, Chinese on, or and, and, and you know what? on Germans. And Richard, and it's I mean, the, it's, it's the same devil that's influencing all of that. It's the same devil. And again, we're going to have to recognize that truth, get set free, and then allow the healing process. Because I believe God wants to heal the land. He tells us in his word, if my people will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and, and turn from their wicked ways, they'll hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. He wants to heal his people. He's got people in the U.S. We, we love Lord, but we got to be obedient to what he's called us to do. Until we examine ourselves and make the necessary corrections his way, not the politician's way. <laughs> Remember, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth, on the United States as it is in heaven. Yeah, we got to do it God's in way. In your neighborhood, yeah, in yeah, your we, house, We really got to do it God's way. We ain't going to have peace until we... Allow the Prince of Peace to, to, to invade and take over. And let him drive. You know, we like to say Jesus is my co-pilot. No, make him your pilot. Yeah, you're a co-laborer with him. Well, see, as long as he's a co-pilot, though, I can go where I want. Right, right, right. Like I tell him which way we're going. Yeah, you're just a co-pilot, no, right? No, no, no. Jesus needs to be the Lord. That's what Lord means. He's your owner. Yeah, but we like that Savior part. We don't like the Lord part no, no, so much. He's got to be your Lord. means that he can kind of do, tell us what to do. Right, right. We don't want that. Because we been, remember you know what? what? We don't like anybody telling us what to do to the point where we don't even like God telling us what to do. Well, that's how, that's that old sin nature. But once you get saved, you got to realize. You're a whole new creation. Yeah, you're a new creation. And oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. But we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.